to this edition of the Bench Bro Sports Podcast. We're glad you could join us today. We're a bunch of sports junkies made about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm Wesley Splain. Ant's back in Jersey. Brandon's still in Tampa. Guys, what's happening? Yo, 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 yo. Yo, what's up? You bees. Uh, so, like, how was the rest of the week in Tampa then? So you guys caught a spring game. It was good. It was really good. Who was it? The Yanks and who else? Uh, Phillies. Uh, Phillies, yeah. How we looking? It was, it was actually, I mean, it was the great. Phillies were kind of kicking their ass, but yeah. uh, towards the end, the Yankees came back. But I think the, the Phillies won with a uh, walk-off uh, single. Oh, wow. So that's a pretty awesome game to go to then. It yeah, was, we went into the tenth inning, and it was it was down to the wire. So it was it was it was cool. It was the top of the ninth, and it was six twelve Phillies, and they scored six runs, tying at twelve twelve. And then the bottom of the ninth, they scored a they drove like it was like an RBI single for a run, and the mm-hmm. Phillies wound up winning it. But it was a great game, though. It was really really good. Uh, Bryce Harper, man, is such a stud. I mean, we've seen some plays from him that he. He caught some balls that looked like, you know, weren't going to be catchable. And then, you know, just constantly being able to hit the ball and get on base. He's such a clutch player. He's still playing left field, right? Uh, right field, I think. Right field? All right. Yeah. But he's, I mean, dude, he's young. He's fast. He's strong. He's got great batting technique. I can clearly understand why they pay him the big bucks. Big bucks. He's just so zoned in. They they need to uh, get things going pretty soon in that organization. They've been out of it for a while, and there's so much expectations. Yeah. Especially with Bryce on the team. Baseball starts on Thursday, opening day. Every single team's playing. Oh, yeah. Is that right? It's right there, bud. There's fans in Yankee <laughs> Stadium. Tickets are like $60 to go. We pay. We were about to pay like 100 something dollars for spring training at one point brandon got we got lucky brandon found the tickets for like 50 bucks well because you're like 10 rows from the from the field watching mlb players Wes, did you go to a blue claws game ever no i haven't gone to the blue claws we gotta take you down to a game one day it philly spring training stadium is that wait where's the blue claws at trenton in lakewood Lakewood. Lakewood, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with I know some New Jersey minor league teams, but I don't they're know. They're single all of them. A. They're like the bottom oh, okay. of the bottom. But um their stadium, the Philly Stadium, which was what is the Philly Stadium, Brandon? It was like Sun Um Sun oh. No, uh, the one we went to? The one we went to. Uh Baycare. Baycare ballpark. Baycare, there you go. Baycare ballpark is the same as the Lakewood Blue Claw Stadium. It's crazy. It's literally like the same design, uh, like everything about it. Because the- yeah, it's still better than the Tropicana that the Rays play in. Oh, dude, that stadium's oh. trash. But <laughs> the Blue Claws is the minor league team for the Phillies as well. Are they? That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Right. I thought like um, I thought there was another team called like the Iron Pigs. Or something like that that the Phillies have affiliates with. I think that's in Reading, like Reading Iron Pigs or something. I don't remember the Phillies minor league teams. I just know the Blue Claws. Now I know the Yankees is uh, Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, the uh, yeah, the Wilkes-Barre. railroad. 
Yeah, those teams get good because when like people rehab back, I remember A Rod was up there for like uh, a couple summers ago when he was still playing, and everyone like really tried to go to those games. It was Mm -hmm. really hard to. So they have the rookie league, uh, like rookie affiliate, which is like the way bottom. Uh, yeah, that's what Montana had. That's what I grew up with. Like that's the bottom of the bottom. Then they have the Williamsport Crosscutters, which is Class A SS affiliate. Then Single A, which is Blue Claws, Single A Advance, Clearwater Threshers, uh, Trip Double A, Reading Fighting Phils. Triple uh, A is Lehigh Valley, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. I think that's the one that's you're talking what about. That's Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of my uh, people in college went over there, but yeah, spring, um, spring training is over, and now the MLB season starting on Thursday. So how about her? Yeah, I I'm not one of those guys as like opening day is awesome or whatever, but um, I just wish it was like in May instead. I think it's cool. I like it. You might not think it's awesome, but you'll still you'll still crack a cold bush light for it. Oh yeah, I'll go to the game, but like. Up but here no, in the no, north, no, that's not what we said. We said crack open ice cold bush light. Well, that's already <laughs> implied. That should be already common knowledge that I was going to do that. <laughs> but yeah, a bush light at Yankee Stadium is probably ten dollars anyway. So <laughs> no, they don't even know what bush light is up there. Come on, Wes. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "What is this from the Hudson River?" It but, was um, funny. It was funny because Brandon's girlfriend went out to go do some food shopping, and we were just joking around. We we're like. So, do you drink Bush Light at all? And she said something like, "Bush Light, that's like trash beer." And, and we were like, jo- we were like joking about it. We we're like, "No, Bush Light's like a good beer. It's like really the only thing I drink." And so she went out to the store like a day or two later and came back with the Sailfish Edition Bush Light cans. Yeah, you. It was on the show. She brought it during the show last week. I did, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Oh right yeah, Sunday. That. We're proud yeah. for that. For that. You should That's you should true. have said Bush Light won like uh the America Award for best uh domestic beer and just like made up a bunch of accolades for it. Be like, yeah, one um <laughs> best tasting uh can Bush beer. Light. <laughs> but um yeah, no, yeah. So let's get right into it. So the NFL draft is about a month away. On Friday, we had a bit of a domino effect that shakes things up for the outlook of the NFL draft with the Miami Dolphins trading away the number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers in a swap for pick number 12, a 2021 third round pick and a first round picks in 2022 and 2023. Um, that Miami's just making a bunch of moves and it was a huge move. And then, Right after that, they said, nah, 12 is not going to do it for us. So they ended up swapping picks with the Eagles. So the Eagles traded the number six pick and the number 156 overall pick to the Dolphins in exchange for the 12 pick, the 123 overall pick, and the 2022 first-round pick. So my, uh, Philadelphia acquires a first-round pick from Miami and hops back to 12. Miami's now picking six overall, and the 49ers are picking third, assuming that they're going to pick one of the top three quarterbacks. We assume right now that it's going to be Jacksonville picking Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are probably going to pick Zach Wilson, QB, out of BYU, which BU – and we're on the hype train for him back in October. He's such mm-hmm. a good uh, QB. And now San Francisco, there's been rumors of them possibly picking Mac Jones now, 
which is really shocking because Mac Jones about a month ago was slated to be a second round pick, but like the connections with Kyle Shanahan, I guess him and Steve Sarkeesian have ties and like all these NFL insiders around the league are saying, Hey, don't be shocked if it's Mac Jones instead of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. So huge stuff going on. I want to get your guys thoughts on San Francisco jumping up to three or even any parts of this trade. I think the Dolphins are finally doing things right. I think there's somebody in that front office who's actually using their brain to make decisions for this team. It's nice to see uh, because we've struggled as a Miami fan for a long time. So, honestly, as far as those picks and stuff go, though, I don't really like. I don't really do. I, I don't really understand like too much. Like six pick, seventh pick. You know, whatever it is, it is. They understand it more than I do, obviously, because that you know they're getting. This is their life, their job. Um, because, to be honest with you, you guys know that there's so many uh, good players now coming into the league, and there always has been. That doesn't matter if you go first, second, third, fourth, you know, you're going to get a great pick in the first 10 picks at least. But you're right. I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to head to Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. Um, if that is the case, I'm really interested to see how that's going to work. I don't, I, I just don't have faith in Trevor Lawrence, man. I just do not. And under Urban Meyer, I don't know if he's going to really respond well to Urban Meyer's type of coaching style. So it, if he does go there, that's going to be interesting. Well, unless like the Jets sent like uh, someone from the mafia named like Vinny DeMelfi goes and poisons like the guy who's supposed to hand in the Jags pick and ended up writing Zach Wilson instead, then Trevor Lawrence is a New York Jet. But until that happens, it's going to be Jacksonville picking Trevor Lawrence, which I think is still going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But also, I guarantee you San Francisco offered the exact same thing to the New York Jets, and the Jets said no. So they offered Miami instead, which is telling you that they're done with Sam Darnold, which I don't necessarily agree with. But I do see that Zach Wilson is a better prospect than Sam Darnold right now. So if you want to go with the rookie quarterback on a cap-friendly rookie deal, I guess that's the way to go. Jets still have a lot of room to sign guys, but until they like revamp their organization or something, I'm very skeptical about Zach Wilson going there. I just keep seeing a reincurring trend with the Jets year after year after year. They keep swapping out quarterbacks. I mean, rookie after rookie after. I mean, they're not going to solve your issue. I mean, they need people. They need coaching. They need coaches. It's, Zach Wilson's not going to be their savior to take him to a Super Bowl if they still have a shit organization with shit coaches. I mean, point blank. It's just every year the Jets think a quarterback, a new quarterback, is going to solve their issues. And, and year after year, it never does. So I, I don't care who goes yeah. to the Jets, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, whoever. They, they're, they're still going to be a below-average team. It's true. You can't be anything without a great coach, and a great coach can't be anybody without a great player. It's just simply I, that. There, it I, takes yeah, two to make it work. I mean, that's, that's all it is. I, I mean, granted, yes, all these quarterbacks are great, but I can't see any of them helping the Jets be a, a, an above-average team. In, in the next few years to come, I mean, they need they need to get their they need pieces to the puzzle. And throwing Sam Darnold to the curb like that, it's definitely a little premature, if you ask me. I mean, he's a good he's a good he's a good kid. He's well rounded. 
he needs to work on some fundamentals and basic and basic things, accuracy. Um, but they again, it just goes back to coaching. You need a coach, and he needs an offensive line. Well, yeah, speaking if, about oh, I was go ahead, and I was about to yeah, jump just on. yep, sorry, Wes, just real quick. The NFL, like mentioned previously, is always very cutthroat. Now we may look at it as like it's premature to cut Sam Darnold. I agree too because I think that there could be something there still with him uh, as far as being a, a good quarterback for a team in the NFL. But it's that you know, do I, we don't even know how much of it is you know, do I like this guy or do I not, not like this guy? I'm sure there's a lot of politics in professional sports, so that's probably a big factor too of just. You know, if I don't like you, I just don't want you on my team. And you could be a great quarterback, whatever it is. There could be problems on that team with that type of stuff. So who knows, you know? But I do agree that I think it is a little bit too early just to get rid of Sam Darnold. All those are fine points about the Jets. But um, speaking about kicking to the curb, 49ers trained up to three seems like Jimmy is done in uh, San Francisco, you know? Because you don't trade two first-round picks, like future first-round picks away for like a tight end or like a wide receiver. No, you trade you trade up to go uh, get a quarterback. So I picked number three, San Francisco sitting there between the choices of Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. All the rumors have been about Mac Jones, and everyone's like, well, what about Jimmy G? It seems like they're still committing, and John Lynch saying, you know, Jimmy G, we're not saying goodbye to him yet, which is like weird comments, but I don't – you got to remember, they were like one complete pass to Emmanuel Sanders away from winning the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, this could be a different story for Jimmy Garoppolo if he completes that throw. Well, I, I mean, like you said, at number three, they're going after a quarterback. Jimmy G, I, I don't think they're going to get rid of him, but he's definitely going to be fighting for a starting job this season, this preseason. Right. Let me I, ask you again. I was about to say. Besides Trevor Lawrence, I think these other QBs need to sit for a little bit or like at least compete for the starting job because Zach Wilson has great. And I love Zach Wilson's play at BYU. I was like one of the first guys to say, oh, my God, this kid's going to be special. I still think mm -hmm. he would need to sit and adjust to like reading NFL defenses and stuff. Justin Fields is the exact same way. And Trey Lance only played 17 games. So like, I think that the these guys do need to sit. A hundred percent. You know, if it's that, if the NFL is that easy, then, you know, those guys would just come right into league and start right away. Now, I think Tua was patient. I did not think that he was going to be anything for Miami. I'm glad that Bobby proved me wrong with that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you must be jumping up because this confirms that Tua is the guy for Miami. He is, man. He very much is. I think he, I think that was just a very fortunate, lucky pick that it worked out. Um, you know, educated one as well, but at the same time, you never know. You never know. He right. had a big hip injury, completely dislocated from his hip, had surgery. So you never know what is going to happen, but everything looks good. Let's hope for the best for this season coming up. But, um, just, just asking you guys to, uh, you know, what does it take to become a successful quarterback in the NFL nowadays? Because we see quarterbacks like, Zach Wilson that has a huge motor and has the willingness to constantly keep pushing through every play. That's a great quality to have, you know, but he's got to sit behind somebody with experience as, as you know, as explained by you. And then also Justin Fields, same thing. Trevor Lawrence, everybody. 
But what does it take to be a successful quarterback? Because we see somebody like Jimmy G who's getting, you know, being rid of now, who has, you know, brought his team to a Super Bowl. But then there's still guys like Tom Brady and Leak are excelling winning Super Bowls. So like what is it that takes that it takes to become a champion, you know, quarterback or a quarterback that is going to make a long, be a long time, uh, stay a long time in the NFL. I bet you, if you ask that to 32, the 32 head coaches in the league right now, you probably get 32 different answers. Cause like, we really don't know what an NFL starter is anymore. It's just based on it's the guy who's like calls it, you know? It's it. Yeah. Right. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at is you kind of hit the nail right on the head is who knows? Like, I feel like, I feel like there is a part to where you have to have X amount of qualities, but now it just seems like it's more like nobody even knows. Nobody even knows what it yeah. takes. Clearly you got to throw the ball. Well, clearly you got to be a good dis- decision maker, be athletic and stay healthy. But it doesn't seem like that's for every, for every uh, quarterback situation. Did you see the throw Zach Wilson made at his pro day though? Like across the body, just flinging it 50 yards. It was insane. I don't know how he did that to be honest with you. Really but don't. like at, at the same time, going back to the rumor mill a little bit, like all these NFL insiders saying, oh, don't be surprised about Mac Jones. Mac Jones was at Alabama, literally thrown to the best like team ever with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, all those awesome uh, targets and receivers behind the offensive line. That's like all American. They're pretty much trucks up there. So like. What do you see if Mac Jones goes to San Francisco then, if that's the pick they're going to use over like a Justin Fields or Trey Lance? Let me just make a quick point before I lose lose my train of thought. Um, Zach Wilson's throw wasn't that impressive. I wasn't at all impressed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) If he could throw – He's going to say no way. No, if he could throw like that in an NFL game, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um uh, kind of like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's really, I was about to say, was Patrick really Mahomes stalking there for a little bit being like, Oh yeah, that wasn't <laughs> impressive. I've done better. No, I think even he would be impressed. Um, when a quarterback could throw a cross body over 50 yards, I mean, obviously you're, you, any, any sports fan is going to be impressed. Um, but he'll be a lot of fun to watch, uh, regardless if he starts or not. Um, and I just forgot the other point that I was going to make. So let's go ahead with the rumor about Mac Jones going to the 49ers that better fit with Kyle Shanahan and the way the 49ers offense is designed over like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance. I mean, Mac Jones was pretty good, but he was throwing to literally the best players in America on Alabama. I mean, it's kind of hard to determine because the NFL is such a different game. You see these first round top prospect guys not make it in the NFL. I mean, you to, like you like the question you just asked, you, you don't need to be the most athletic guy. You need to have a super high football IQ, and you need to just put the work in, watch film, and study. That's what makes mm-hmm. Tom Brady so successful, Aaron Rodgers so successful. These guys aren't aren't you, athletic. They just they just have a football IQ, and they know the game. That's a great point because now answering my own question, a sense is that you have to be the student of the game constantly. You have to invest your soul and all your energy, and also <clears throat> you have to be willing to sacrifice, of course. But um, what was the other thing? You have to you have to prepare to separate and then execute. That that is the big thing. Prepare, get all the answers to the test kind of mentality, and then from there execute. 
that is the big thing because a lot of pe- a lot of these players in the NFL, they know what to do, but it's do they execute it right? Like Western linebacker, you're trying to make a tackle. You know you have to make a tackle. You know you have to tackle by the legs because you're going up against somebody who's like six five, two forty. But then you go for the legs and he hurls over you. Just didn't execute right, and now he scored a touchdown, win the game. So it's about execution. How, how do you feel about Mac Jones translating the NFL if he is on the 49ers, Ant? Because we watched Alabama all year long and just how they steamrolled opponents. Even Mac Jones playing like a couple years ago, he looked pretty good. Mac Jones is bass. All right. Let's just get that. Let's just get that get that out there right now. Eleven and zero. Don't care. He's bass. All right. So now is this from know, still jealousy of Ohio State getting the shit kicked out of him by Mac Jones and company in the national championship game, or is this true take? No, nah, that was a it was a rigged game anyway. It was a rigged game. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. This kid's random. Uh, he's what is he? He's junior going into. Uh, he was a senior. Declared. Oh, he's no, he's he's a senior. He's going to be a senior. He's already declared though, right? No, nah, he was a senior to begin with. Are you sure? I thought he was a junior. Yeah, I thought so. All right. Well, anyways, he's declaring for the draft. Uh, he had 4,500 yards. Great touchdown to interception ratio. 41 touchdowns, four picks, which is great. But that is also just college football. So I don't know, man. I mean, look at AJ McCarron. He was great at Alabama. Now, where is he? He like sitting back up for the Bills or something or Texans? So is he even thought- still in the league? Yeah, I think he is. It's not saying that he can't start this guy, but I don't rate him as high as I would probably. You're right. He's a junior. I wouldn't rate him as high as I would for Zach Wilson. I I think Zach Wilson may be the better pick out of any of those quarterbacks in the draft. Justin Fields, Ohio State has always had problems with quarterbacks making the NFL. Trevor Lawrence, I, I don't like, honestly, and I, I don't know if he's going to be productive long-term in the NFL. Uh, I don't know. I just I guess I see something a little bit more special from uh, Zach Wilson. But Mac Jones, I don't know. Much, much of Mac Jones, you think he would fit with the 49ers if that is the pick? Do I think that would be the best team for him to go to? Is that what you said? Well, I, I'm just asking in, like – yeah, sure. Why not? Like, how would he translate in the San Francisco offense? You think it would be fine? Because it's kind of similar to what Bama does. I mean, it just really depends on if, once again, execution. Like, if he could, if if he can understand the playbook well and get along with his teammates and make the right choices, yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't. He's not the most mobile guy in the world. Like, but also, Kyle Shannon had success with Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan, which aren't really athletic to begin with when it comes to mobility either. So maybe there is like a little fifth with Mac Jones. I do want to touch on like the other part of the deal. And that was the Philadelphia Eagles moving from six back to 12. So like Philly was going crazy. They'd be like, why are you doing this trading from six to 12? We're out of the Jamar chase running or like picking one of the top uh, wide receivers, like, or Kyle Pitts. you know, what are we doing trading back? It's a valuable pick at six. Well, you got a first-round pick out of it, and then you also potentially have a first-round pick out of the Carson Wentz deal. So you're going to end up with three first-round picks in 2022, which is a lot. And you know what it is? It could be ammo. 
because say Jalen Hurts doesn't work this upcoming season in 2021, Howie Roseman will probably get fired, and then you'll end up with like a top 10 pick along with those two other first-round picks. That's ammunition in order to get a Deshaun Watson if you want, if he's still in Houston, or uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle who seems to be having issues. So like it pretty much is a good move for Philly, and then also you're moving to 12, which – one of the four top guys in Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, or Jamar Chase, they're going to end up at 12 if you look through the way the draft is going to wind up with like these quarterbacks going mad early. It's going to shift the um, position all the way down to later in the draft. So it's actually a pretty good deal by Howie Roseman, even though he's not a very popular guy in Philly. I'm going to just make one more point as far as like top picks you know, in the draft is – I don't buy the whole first round pick type draft thing. Um, I, I, I guess it's more of like a 50 50. Half those players will succeed and half won't. And I'll tell you why is because they're human just like we are. Just because they were very productive in college doesn't mean they're going to be great in the NFL. And actually, it's most of the time, it's complete opposite. Now, if you're an offensive lineman going from college and you had a great career going into the NFL, you probably most likely have a good career. But if you're going into a position like quarterback, you know, something like that, maybe even a running back, it could be a little bit difficult. Um, so that's why I think coming from a coach's point of view here, talking that perspective is look for the three-star recruit. Look for the one that, you know, has something to prove to somebody or trying to earn a job, not a guy who has, you know, a lot of weight on his shoulders with high expectations and all this pressure saying, you know, all – all eyes on this guy, he's got to produce. It's a lot of stress to go out every single night, uh, you know, every single week and practice and uh, show up, you know. So, I, per, like me personally, I believe in the second, third, fourth round pick guys could be, you know, great selections to a team depending on how hungry they are and how, how much they're willing to succeed. So, in other words, Ant will trade all of his first round picks for second, third, and fourth round picks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely not, but <laughs> I will do a mix of both. I'd want to, you know, first round pick to somebody who I think is going to be productive, and I want to keep my eye on, you know, players who I think are under the under the radar, pretty much. You know, like look at Julian Edelman is a great, great uh, example. And we'll so, probably draft somebody from like Eastern Illinois, like the placeholder, and just be like freaking dirty Eastern <laughs> Illinois running back. Just these random colleges like Grand Canyon University, if they had a football team. It's like, yeah, who's the wide receiver there? Oral Roberts. (laughs) Oral Roberts University, Stockton University Football Club. Just just like guys who don't even play in like college football. They're just like on club teams. (laughs) Just like this guy made it this far. Yeah, he could be valuable. Flag football. Dude, I saw him throw at a YMCA one time. I think he can be good. All you got to do is hold the football. What's the big deal? <laughs> All right. And then also um, one more thing about the NFL. They are officially going to 17 games this season. So it's going to be a hell of an adjustment from our end to not say eight and eight or nine and seven anymore because those don't exist. It's going to be 17 game season now. So. Players aren't really happy about it, but they're getting paid another game check. So we get a little bit more football. And there's no preseason, right? There's three games in the preseason. Good. That's all there should be. 
And now that fourth game is now a regular season game. So I think the season would start in Labor Day weekend, I think. Six preseason games and only eight regular season games. NFL. (sighs) NFL life. Great idea. Just one NFL game and then playoffs. (laughs) March Madness style tournament. Exactly. That would be wild. Two different Super Bowls. Champion A and Champion B. Then you got your Super Super Bowl. Exactly. NFL mentality. Super Bowl extra large. Super Bowl large and extra large. Sponsored by Old Spice. Teams where they average all their weight together and see what team has the most weight. Then you got to be in class A, like the heavier team goes to class A. Then class exactly. B is all the, the lightweight heavy, guys. Heavyweight. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of trades, uh, the NBA trade deadline came and passed. And uh, the big name that was on the market, Kyle Lowry, he ended up not going anywhere. And it was rumored that the Clippers, the Lakers, the 76ers were – uh, in the mix to try to get him the Miami Heat at one point as well. But I guess Toronto's asking price was a lot for a guy that's about to be off of his uh, last year of his contract, and he's trying to get an extension of $25 million per. So, Brandon, I know you were kind of just frustrated with the 76ers not getting him because that would have been a big piece to match with what the Nets are doing because the Nets also just got LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm upset that they didn't get him. Um, I feel like the Sixers already have such a well-rounded team. Um, they have a great starting lineup. They have a great bench. Um, yeah. There's a few guys that they did get rid of that I really missed. Um, CJ McCollum being one of them. I think he was a great piece to have coming off the bench. Uh, he was a great facilitator on the court. Or not CJ McCollum. Um, who am I thinking of? Uh, they traded for someone too, didn't they? Like Greg Greg Hill. I have no idea. Oh. I know Victor Oladipo just got traded. He went from um, the Rockets after being traded to the Indiana Pacers, and then now he's going to the Miami Heat, which is that's a pretty oh, sneaky combo with Oladipo and Jimmy Butler together. Oladipo and Jimmy Butler, yeah. And a few other ones like Lou Williams and uh, Rajon Rondo swap places. So Rondo's on the Clippers, and um, Lou Williams is going to go to the Atlanta Hawks. Lemon pepper chicken Lou Williams. Uh, I kind of feel like those two are like kind of just evens out. The same player. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So it made sense. Yeah. Then also we had uh, Aaron Gordon go from the Orlando Magic to the Denver Nuggets. So Denver is loading up. They had to trade R.J. Hampton, the first-round pick over. And then also the Bulls traded for uh, Nikolai uh, Busevich, the all-star for the Orlando Magic. He is going to Chicago as Chicago tries to make a playoff push. So that was pretty much all it from the NBA trade deadline. Not really big moves that we were expecting, but you know Kyle Lowry was the big name that didn't get moved, which – you would have hoped that maybe if he did join the 76ers, seeing Kyle Lowry go up against Kyrie Irving and um, James Harden in a seven-game series with Ben Simmons, that would have been awesome. Well, the Orlando Magic got rid of pretty much everybody. They just the fire away sale. All 
Yeah, they just dealt away all their starters. I was surprised about that, but I don't know. They don't. I mean, that was pretty much they dealt. They all their starters they dealt away. That's an organization that just never can figure it out. Ever since Dwight Howard took him to the NBA Finals, never. They're gonna be going through a rebuilding phase for a long time. They always have been too. It was like they've only had like two successful seasons with like the Shaq rookie season, and then they traded him away, and then also like the Dwight Howard season. Yo, speaking of which, let's go to the um, NHL now because, like, pretty much the NBA trade deadline was the only thing that happened in the NBA. Probably once the March Madness tournament ends, I'm going to pay attention a little bit more to the NBA. But um, who your team just has fallen off the cliff. Like, the Flyers have just been putrid. I have no idea what's going on. I, is- I, I'm actually watching them right now. I haven't watched them since they've you know, last time I watched them was when they were doing really good. I haven't watched yeah. them since, and that was a long time ago. Well, good thing so. you haven't because they they literally got blown up by the Rangers twice. Like, yeah, because I, I Benajab put up six them. plus points. That was the turning point for them is when they scored like nine goals against them. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on. And now they're losing to the worst team in the league in the Buffalo Sabres. Carter Hart is going to be a healthy scratch for the next two games. They're just a mess, man. Like, they're just so sloppy for some reason. And and it's mind-blowing to me because they were playing such good hockey. And now, now, like, what is going on? It's absurd. It's actually, like, like, wild. It's interesting because I said at the uh, beginning of the season, I was like, it's down to four teams in the East. It's going to be Boston, Philly, Washington, and the Islanders. And Philly has just taken themselves out for the past month. Like, I think AV's head coaching job might be in jeopardy if they can't fix this. Like, I, I don't know how many games it's been in a row since how much they lost. The NHL is one organization, one uh one sport to where if you mess up for just three, four, five games, you're done. And you could have a hell of a season. I mean, right. that is probably the worst, worst, worst sport to be a coach in. Like baseball, you can lose every season and not get fired. NFL, it's kind of like, you know, same thing. You can lose all 16 games and not get fired next, next year, you know, lose just as many and then finally get fired. But the NHLs, you have a run like this, and and you're gone like right away. They don't, they do not care. You are out. So, yeah, you're right. He could his job could be in jeopardy. And then who's going to be the be the replacement? Flyers yeah, yeah. are. I honestly, I don't have no, I have no words to explain because they were doing so well, and that they gave up nine goals against the Rangers, and I don't know. That's like junior varsity high school hockey. I don't understand. Well, they, they lost Simply three put. straight to the Washington Capitals, who who are a really hot team right now. Washington has won so many games in a row. It's um, okay if then, you have a losing streak of one, two goals. It's not okay if you allow nine goals to go into yeah, that. And that's they lose the nine goals to, nine goals to the Rangers, and then they lose six to one to the Islanders. Then they lose to the Devils. Then they lose three to eight to the Rangers again. It's It's crazy. The NHL is a very leveled playing field. There's no way that they should have gave up that many goals. That just tells me that there's no offense or defense out there. And and it was like everyone raved about how Carter Hart was going to be the next best thing in the NHL goalie industry. And just boom, 
this happens. Because he definitely can be, but Brian Elliott's been in that for a while, I guess, and just things are just not working well. I think they'll pick it back up because it doesn't make sense to me, like I said, that they've been doing so well and now they're doing awful. Yeah. They have so, to turn uh, around. Well, let's talk about something that happened on the ice that probably wasn't supposed to get caught on the audio waves, but this NHL referee, uh, Tim Peel, you know, he kind of slipped up a little bit, got caught on a hot mic saying, you know, I wanted to give Nashville a call um, and a few extra things that he said, not really uh, direct quoting him, but then the NHL kind of just let him go. You know, this kind of happens in hockey a lot where they try to even up the calls where like, you know, yeah, he tripped you, but, uh, you know, I had to give one back, but it wasn't really caught on an audio mic like this before. So I wanted mm-hmm. to get your thoughts behind this. If you caught any of this uh, situation boiling it's, up in the NHL. It's evidence. You know, it's just clear evidence of him saying that. Therefore, they have evidence to, you know, say, okay, we're letting you go. You're done. But you better believe that that happens all the time. Those other refs, they just don't get called on because it hasn't been exposed. And not even in the NHL, in the NFL, in the MLB, and everywhere. And you guys know this for a fact that there are so many calls. The NFL is probably a prime example of just like corrupt plays and shit. There was one game. Was it the Super Bowl with the Chiefs to where there was like a holding penalty every single play? It was like penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. And some of the penalties they call, and some of them they don't, right? So they try to even out the game a little bit. But for the fact that he said he wants to give Nashville Nashville a penalty, that's not good. But I, but in, in other ways, sometimes I think, I mean, as an NHL referee, you can't even joke around about that because your job is to make it fair, the game, you know, to call fair game. Yeah. Um, just from your point of view, I mean, do you think that was really that big of a deal to let him go that he said he wanted to give them a penalty? Did he mean he wants to give them a penalty, meaning he's waiting for them to do something so he can give them a penalty or that he wants to just give them a penalty to give them a penalty? I think I think you know it was like, yeah, I think it was like, you know, a situation where the other team gets a penalty that was like on the fence that you're like thinking about it and you're like "Eh, did he really i don't know and then you kind of try to even the playing field a little bit to see where like if if nashville did do something that like you know a hook or like a casual like trip or a slash or something then you'll like raise your arm and be like yeah i had to you know i had to do it from earlier you know what i mean that kind of happens in the nfl but it's not really said much in the nba you see it all the time with all these like ticky tacky fouls Like you see it with LeBron James literally every single time. Brandon and I joke about it all the time, how he just flops and the refs are just like, oh, got him. You know what I mean? I mean, Tim Tim, um, Donahue is the perfect example with the NBA with like gambling or whatever. But this NHL ref wasn't didn't have any action on the game. I highly doubt that. This is how most refs work. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is he didn't. He didn't corruptly give a penalty. He just said he want he wanted to give Nashville a penalty, mean, maybe meaning that, you know, they could be playing. They could have been playing dirty or they could have been – it could have been for any reason. I don't think they really yeah. said the reason why. Personally, me, 
I, I feel like I feel two ways about this. I feel the first way is your professional referee shouldn't be saying or thinking these things or doing these things um, because you have to call a fair game and an honest game, um, you know, because jobs are on the line and the referees are a huge role to to the, you know, the outcome of the game. But at the same yeah. time, was it really that big of a deal? You know, there's there's two ways of looking at it, right? Because all he said. All he said is that he wanted to give him a penalty. What that could mean is he's waiting for them to do something to where it's like, yep, that's a trip. We're going to give him a tripping penalty. Or he wants to give him penalty for, you know, whatever reason. But not just giving him a penalty to give him a penalty, though. Yeah. And, you know, We can't forget about him dropping the F-bomb, like, perfectly either. I didn't hear that. So maybe that's <laughs> a big reason why they got rid of him. He's like, I fucking needed to give Nashville a penalty, but... Maybe Something along fine. those lines. But, you know, in the NHL, I think there's like, for some reason, this was kind of outspoken on the Twitterverse when the players were talking about this particular issue of former players coming out was like, there's a special bond between referees and NHL players on the ice. And like, they're kind of like mad chill with each other. And like mm -hmm. the referees understand what the players are coming. I think NHL referees have more of a, um, like background with their sport than any other uh, referees do in their sports, you know? It is. Because it is. You got to be really skilled to be an NHL referee to begin with, with like skating and concentration. And you, you're up in the action very close. And like some of these, some of the times, like these guys are former players and playing in beer leagues in Canada and stuff. The job of an NFL, uh, NHL linesman or referee is a lot because. The game is only getting quicker. These guys haven't played for a while, but they've been in the game. They're getting older. The referees, not a lot of referees are young, young. You have to right. be, you know, youthful. You have to be strong and physical and a good skater. And a lot of these referees are doing this at 40, 50, even probably 60 years old. Um, maybe not 60, but there are some referees and linesmen in the league that kind of look a little bit older, but. Like I said, you got to be youthful and yet you got to be strong and big because if there are any fights break out, you got to get in there to be able to break that up as well. And some of these guys you don't want to be messing with, like yeah. Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves. These are big body boys, um, super physical, and you're getting in the way of this. You're getting in the way of pucks being shot at you. And, and like you said it best, Wes, is you're right in the action. You're on the ice with them, right next to them, sometimes up against the boards, up against the glass. Uh, being thrown into the, uh, you know, the players' bench and all that. So there's there's a lot going on. You got to be on top of it at all times. Yeah, and this guy was a long. Uh, this guy's been refereeing in the NHL since 1999, so he's been a journeyman for a long time. You know? See, that's the NHL though. They just it's super cutthroat with some things. Like they just yeah. don't care. They just don't care. Like you think the NFL is bad? I think the NHL is even worse. We've seen guys just get traded overnight, like out of nowhere. You know, longtime players get traded. It's it's probably one of the most brutal leagues, but the but the guys don't mind as much because yeah. they're in there to play the sport. I mean, Brandon, I don't know if you saw this whole NHL ref, referee situation play out, but do you? After hearing this like conversation, me and Ann have been having. Uh, do you kind of like see what the point is from the NHL of having to let this guy go after that? hot mic incident i see it from two sides of the spectrum um one side is okay yeah he slipped up um 
he said what was on his mind. Um, it's kind of like being a celebrity. You got to watch what you say, and you really can't speak your mind without being criticized for it. And this is what happened. But this guy ended up losing his job. Um, I think maybe a suspension for the rest of the season, but I don't see completely eliminating him from the league. I, I, I that's just my opinion, though. I, I mean. You're crazy to think in other leagues, the referees don't bet and don't play favoritism uh, in big games or even just regular season games. So I don't think he, the man should have lost his job completely. Maybe a suspension for the remainder of the season uh, or, or the suspension for next season. Either or. Uh, I just don't think it was right that he lost his job because of a comment that he made. Wasn't uh, there yeah. a – go ahead, Brent. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, I mean, yeah, he was wrong for saying it, and he definitely shouldn't have said it, but, I mean, just like I said, I mean, there's refs out there that play favoritism, and, and, and obviously we know betting goes on between these guys, especially with some of the calls that you've seen being made. I'm almost certain there was a call with Tom Brady and the referee. I think, Wes, you may have sent this to me or something about Tom Brady saying, like, thank you to the referee for some type of call or something. Do you do you remember this? They're like walking off the field and he said I don't remember that particularly. I'm almost like a hundred percent certain that there was some type of thing between Tom Brady and the referee saying great job of calling that game or whatever. And the referee See, like, everyone wants to freaking say that Tom Brady is literally brothers and sisters with these NH or uh, these NFL refs. But like, no, literally I every single time. But yeah, I get it. I, I'm sure that's Tom like Brady, every dude. player. I love Tom Brady. He's probably one of my favorite players, like top five yeah. in any of any in any sport. But I'm almost certain that like if you try to find a video on it, there's a video on it. It's pretty much the same thing what's going on here, uh, without even the players talking to the referee that's been fired from the NHL. So it's yeah. even worse. And yet they didn't do anything about that. And I'm almost certain that was what happened. I don't hundred percent know, but I like very certain. But uh, unless this guy ends up being like Tim Donahue, then that's a big issue. Then NHL gambling situation. Oh, that'd be another scandal. You know, another <laughs> thing you have to realize, too, in the hockey world that's different from any other sport is there's hockey, the hockey terminology. You know how I always joke around? I'm like, oh, yeah, buddy. Help butter. Like, you don't understand that type of talk unless you're in the sport. You grew up in Canada and you've been yeah. around those types. I was of shocked people. the ref didn't talk like that. You know, I was hoping so, for an ant accent. So, so sometimes these refs, when they talk like that, they just they don't mean it. Like, they don't mean the what they're kind of saying. You know, so yeah. that's that's like an issue too. I mean, because the way we see it is, oh, he wants to call like an unfair game. But the way they talk is like sometimes like jokingly, but you like Brandon said, you get criticized for just opening up your mouth, you know, so you yeah. just have to be Crosby's careful. a freaking pigeon. Not, that didn't mean yeah. Crosby's an actual Pit pigeon, you know, exactly. Right. Because <laughs> They don't understand that. So when you get suspended for that, can you imagine yeah. NHL oh. Luingo? Can you imagine NHL Luingo in um, the NBA or something like LeBron calling Anthony Davis a pigeon? Yeah. <laughs> Were you a pigeon? Just the trash talking would be. I think NHL trash talking is like on a different level than any other trash talking. Like, cool That's NFL so trash talking is really funny at times, <laughs> like players calling each other bums and stuff. But like, these NHL guys are like, oh, yeah, you want to go here, bud? And they're like, ah, nah, thanks, man. I'm going with this guy. Just like stupid yeah, shit he, like that. 
Or like when George Larac asked somebody to fight one day, and he's like, hey, you want to drop the gloves? And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, man, good luck. Square up. Like so calm, <laughs> so calmly. And they just drop them and just beat the shit out of each other. And they're like, good fight, good fight, good fight. I remember that. Like, Where he, was like, he was like, oh, you want to? Yeah. Square up. Yeah, he's, all right, good luck, man. Yeah, he's like so calm about it too. Like so <laughs> calm. Like, okay, man, good luck. I wish that was in the NFL, dude. Like, can you imagine like a little little uh, dropping the gloves? <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine like an offensive lineman, defensive lineman fist fight, and then you just get like two minutes in the box, two minutes in the sin <laughs> bud? Just have little scruffles at the end of plays. It's gonna happen. Just, just let it happen. You can't do it in the NBA because literally these dudes would literally knock each other out, just like straight <laughs> up. But. Yep, and then uh, hopefully he gets his job back. I don't know if he's going to. It seems like he was going to retire or something at the end of the season as well. So kudos to that guy for a long NHL refing career. We'll find a replacement. Maybe Ant can get in the refing business side of things. Have you ever refed a game? Uh, I haven't, but I'd like to try to get into it. I feel like it's fairly easy just go out there and just watch the game and make sure everyone's doing Oh, it's not easy, dude. No, I, I don't want to say like easy like that, but what I mean is it's not a lot of stress as far as like planning for it, you know, because yeah. coaching, there's a lot of planning and preparation. Refing, you don't have that. So you just go out there and, you know, you, you do as per game. But, uh, yeah. Wesley Splay, number 49, two minutes for tripping. Oh, fuck you. Get in the box, buddy. Make it five with that back talk. Oh, damn it. All right. Hit the showers. Brandon, have you ever rubbed? Never. Professionally, NFL. No, I couldn't make it. Wasn't good enough. Holding number 69, Wesley's playing. That's those, a those NFL referees are like 40 or 50 years of experience. Like they're roughing like high school games at like the age of 19. Like you have to work your way up the charts to get um a, an NFL refing gig. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. It's the tough. only way. I did an NHL game or not an NHL game. I did like a peewee game one time, like hockey refing. It's pretty fun. I was a linesman. All I you had to do was whip my arm up off sides. You did a peewee hockey game as a yeah. linesman? You never told me that. Yeah, dude. It was awesome. Your ass. I literally just gave from blue line to blue line just to make sure the puck wasn't off sides, and I would just yeah. sometimes wave the arm up and just sometimes clear not. it. Clear it if it goes past the uh, red line. Yeah, you had like two, yeah, two jobs to do. That was it. That is literally the easiest thing I did. Imagine Fast- you could just go on Indeed.com and apply to be an NFL referee. <laughs> Paid training, yeah, I- apprentice for five years. I don't even know how you. I don't even know how you get into that. You know, you have to literally just start at like your local rink as like a volunteer and just like live on a prayer to get to the big league. Really, like they that's have like really they have like uh, the league sends out like NFL official scouts. So like these scouts are scouting referees and their jobs. Like, oh yeah, that was a good call. God, maybe he he's a second round draft pick that we use like one mm-hmm. year. Calling like a sixty to zero blowout in like a college or something. I would never want to be a referee. That's probably the one job I I would never want. Everybody, yeah, 
you would say that, and then you Google up their salaries, and you're like, okay, maybe I do want to be a referee. I'd rather be a coach. Yeah, I don't care how much they make. So I wouldn't want that. I I couldn't do it. If I was getting screamed at by a player on the sideline or by a player, I'd I'd end up fighting that player. Well, then you that's what the privilege is. You just throw the flag in their face and you're like, you're out of here, buddy. I think I, I, even, think I wouldn't even do that. I couldn't contain myself. I'd be like, you know what? You want to talk shit? Let's go. I could be a ref <laughs> for any sport besides baseball. I couldn't be a home plate umpire. I couldn't do it. You talk about stressful job, dude, because the ball is coming in so fast because what you think may be a strike, what somebody else may think you see from a different angle. And it's just constant fights of like the manager getting to your face, spitting in your face. That's one thing I wouldn't want to do. At least a hockey coach, you can't go out in the ice. A football coach, you can get close and personal, but you can kind of push them away. You know, baseball, they're just like always right in your face. All right. Uh, to wrap things up, March Madness is coming down to the wire. Uh, Houston just punched their ticket to the final four as they beat Oregon State 67-61. to um, The next game is Baylor versus Arkansas. Um, Elite Eight going to the final four. One of those winners is going. And then also tomorrow would be Gonzaga versus USC, who absolutely crushed Oregon. Unfortunate for your ducks over there, Anthony. Are you yep, gonna claim a that. are you gonna claim a team like between Oregon and Ohio State yet? It's been over a year now. You gotta claim at least one. Boy, I said Ohio State. From 50-50 Oregon. Flyers just scored. It's three three. Ah, so you so you pushed off Oregon. That that didn't matter. You were just there for the experience. Oh, he, he likes the Christmas. He, he likes the Christmas colors. I mean, red and green. Uh, exactly. I'm Ohio State. We Oregon. still gotta get that T-shirt. Half duck, half the Florida uh, Gators. <laughs> Florida so Gators. Yeah, boy. Oh, because of Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, Irvin Meyer, come on now. <laughs> so anyway, it'll be Gonzaga versus USC, and then Michigan versus UCLA. Three more tickets need to be punched to go to the uh, final four. Kind of a bummer of a tournament because there's been a few blowouts. Oral Roberts missed a game-winning three against Arkansas to get to the Elite Eight, but they had a great run, so no more oral jokes from here on out, which is unfortunate, but... Uh, yeah, it's been weird, uh, weird tourney so far, which it has lived up to the expectation for being in a bubble in Indianapolis. So USC is still in it, so I'm happy about that. The Mobley, the one That's center crazy. literally put a guy on a poster last night. It was insane. Dumped so right over him. Top ranked teams still, uh, still in the the uh, tournament. Yeah, Gonzaga and Baylor. Like those two teams are on a collision course. They're really, really good. Uh, Gonzaga is still undefeated. Was that right, dear bud? Yeah, bud. Uh, undefeated season hasn't happened since nineteen seventy-two or something. So it's been a long time. Kind of like the Miami Dolphins, you know. Oh God. USC is still in it. I'm pulling for them to beat Gonzaga tomorrow night. So big money on that. Big money. Come on, come on, come on. Big money. The big dogs too. It's a nine-point spread, so probably plus three hundred money line. Yeah. Go Trojans! But I think I think Gonzaga's going to wipe the floor with them, though. Gonzaga's just way too good. No, I don't say that. They're not going to wipe the floor. Oh, they will. Well, no. Maybe they'll wipe the floor one time. 
Not with USC. USC is going to beat them. It's all about the Trojans, huh? So next week when we record and the Trojans get beat by 30, you still going to ride with the Trojans? Absolutely. Always will. I've been riding with them ever since they lost to Vince Young in the Rose Bowl. Uh, That's still like the best football game I've ever seen. Flyers win. Overtime, baby. Let's go. They won? Yep, overtime 4-3. All it took was us to talk shit about them, and now they're turning things around. Yeah, I know, for real. <laughs> All right, anything uh, catch your eye this week? You guys got a bench bro of the week or anything like that? Uh, really, I mean, NASCAR. I mean, the UFC fight, but I didn't really watch it. I oh, saw it. dude, it knockout. what a nasty knockout. That guy is scary, uh, Francis Naganu. He's 265 and literally has muscles on top of muscles. <laughs> That's big. Massive human being. He's like very similar to my size. Kind of fluctuate a couple pounds, you know, a pound or two. <laughs> depending on how, depending on how many thirty racks you have in your belly. <laughs> Going on to NASCAR, Bristol Motor Speedway. Joey Logano first place. Ricky Stenhouse second. Denny Hamlin third. I think there was. That's the dirt track. I think there was, yeah, there was only one. That was a very interesting, uh, that was in Bristol, Tennessee. That was cool to see them on a dirt track. I didn't watch like any of the race, but it's interesting that they had that. Uh, and then next week, coming up, we'll be at Martinsville, Virginia, our defending champion, Martin Truex Jr., the number 19 car. It's Saturday, April 10th. At 7.30 p.m. Don't miss it. Ooh, don't miss it. Ooh. How did the dirt thing work? Were the cars at least fast and you could actually see and the dirt wasn't, like, rising? I'm sure there was a lot of dust from the cars going around. Dude, I don't even know. Uh, oh, yeah, you didn't watch the race. Some sort of NASCAR fan you are. That's one strike against your NASCAR up. fanhood. I don't even know what it... I don't even know what it... Uh... Like what the deal was with that? Taking a week off to watch something else, dude. Come on, you're a NASCAR guy for a reason. Yo, I am NASCAR though, boy. One thing I would like to uh, do is like uh, from now on, I want to do like a uh, bench bro of the week. So like any like particular player or something in the sports world that happens that is like kind of funny or something. Uh, great achievement or whatever kind of shine light on that and my bench bro of the week is uh tim brown the uh, old hall of fame wide receiver i saw him at a tim tebow foundation like golf tournament on the hole 17 he hits a hole in one everyone goes crazy and he's like dude i'm done playing and then tim tebow is like no you gotta play the 18th hole literally just walks to the clubhouse and starts drinking champagne and he doesn't take another swing might be his last golf swing ever Send the whole one walk off. Help out here. It's the way to go out. It's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. I, Ants never hit a hole in one. You probably do the same thing. Like, probably run right to the showers and just start drinking. I did see that with Tim Tebow, but no, I never hit a hole in one. If it was mini golf, I did. What's Is hole in one like the best sports achievement you can ever achieve? I mean, just that's 
it's like so hard to do. I feel like so probably. All right, well, guys, that is all the time we have for today. We thank you for joining us. And if you have any comments about how crappy the Flyers have been, what your final four picks are, or how you feel about the NFL trades that happened for the NFL draft, is Jimmy G going to stay a 49er this year, or is he going to be dealt somewhere else? Is Zach Wilson the right pick over Sam Darnold? Let us know your thoughts down below on our social pages on Facebook and at uh, Twitter at Bench Bros Sports and on Instagram at Original Bench Bros and our website, BenchBrosSports.com. We keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages. So go ahead, follow those pages and also subscri uh, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and the other media services this podcast is available on. So again, thanks for listening. Guys, final thoughts. Stay healthy. Work out. Watch NASCAR. Uh, well, apparently we can't watch golf. NASCAR. We can't watch NASCAR anymore. You don't watch NASCAR for a living anymore. You skipped it. Nah, boy, I was busy. I couldn't this week. Oh, well, so busy. busy over NASCAR, dude? This doesn't sound like you. NASCAR yeah, takes no. second place to Bush Light. Dude, you remember the trailer day? We just put NASCAR on the radio and just let it sit there. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I think it's just meant to be heard on the radio when you're driving, just like you're done listening to all the pop music you can hear, and you're like, what else is on? Oh, NASCAR. Just like, how's that thing going? Yeah, they get into it, too, on the radio. You can, for real. All right, that was Ant. That was Brandon. I'm Wes. We'll see you next week on the Bench Bro Sports Podcast. That's the show. We're out of here.